0: Barnes, yeah. high. It's a deep. It's-
1: Happy Friday, December 2nd, and welcome to the Just Baseball Show. I'm Peter, that's Jack, and that's Arm. It's the three of us, and we're doing this week in baseball. Spoiler alert, not a lot happened, but some things happened that I find very interesting. Gentlemen, how are you? It's Friday, sort of. I mean, we're, we're always recording a day earlier, so we like to pretend that it's Friday. It's almost the weekend. Thursday's kind of like the weekend
0: now, especially in the offseason like this. How are you doing, Arm? doing good. doing okay. good. Uh, the stove is... slowly slowly eating up a lot of uh rumor mill stuff that jack and i talked about the buzzwords the buzzwords have been flying over the last week or so but some sightings to talk about some some things going on and usually when we don't have as much of a blueprint into the episode it ends up being a lot more fun anyways jack
1: um from buster only there is a sense among some execs that a wave of second tier free agent relievers is moving fast and on the cusp of landing deals. Yes. Example Chris Martin, Miguel Castro, et cetera. Yes. Let's let's speculate here. Who do you think he okay. means by et cetera?
2: Yeah, shit. I mean Brad
1: Boxberger, man. Like he's gotta be is he the, second
2: in, tier? I think he is a second tier guy. A disrespectful. Got a disrespectful. Um, but now here's the thing. Where do you put
1: Adam know? Well, we uh we just did our uh, general manager episodes with the Los Angeles Angels, giving them Tommy Canely. Do you think Tommy Canely is a second tier reliever? I think he's tier three. He <laughs> might he be tier three. three. We'll see. Actually, today,
2: you know what? We have a structure now. Today, we're doing reliever tiers, but we're not talking about tier
1: one. We're talking about two through six. Cool? <laughs> not very cool. All right. Let's dive into some of these deals. Um. A deal that we haven't talked about yet that is definitely not second tier, um, and like I said, we just did the Angels episode yesterday where we were playing GM, but we didn't talk about the specifics of the Hunter Renfro deal. So Hunter Renfro goes from Milwaukee over to the Los Angeles Angels, and in return, the Brewers got Jansen Junk, right-handed pitcher, as well as Elvis Poguero, reliever, and they got some dude I've
0: never heard of, so... Adam Seminaris. Um, Yeah. This is usually your cue. Who is Seminaris? (laughs) Um, it's, it's pitching depth. Uh, junk is probably the best bet to, to be something. Um, Seemed like a salary dump, right? I mean, that's really what the Brewers seem to be doing. I know they're clearing the way for the outfield. We talked about this. We probably talked about it way too much in the group chat. Um, but, oh, yeah, we, you know, we went it, off. It's the, the Brewers, are, we're clearing up money. And I think it's very clear that the Brewers don't like to exceed a certain amount of money. Uh, also, they're tied up with Yelich for a long time financially. And I'm very interested to see w- what the subsequent moves are. Obviously, they have some really good outfield prospects coming up. But, you know, like I said, when we were going back and forth about it, Peters, if, if you're really serious about contending, I don't think you can you can go out there and say, oh, we're going to start two two rookie outfielders, maybe another rookie somewhere else and and feel really good about what we're doing. So I'm very interested to see what else they do, because we also saw Colton Wong floated in in trade talks as well. Uh, If they trade Wong too, that just seems another $10 million guy roughly for next year. Seems like they're kind of trimming the salary a little bit around some of their more expensive guys that they can't move like Yelich.
1: Jack, you were, uh, I don't know if you were um, participating in when Arm and I were just going back and forth on this deal, because that's what we do in the offseason. We get really, really mad at each other over a lot of time deal. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's like a salary dump or whether the Brewers actually got something. And the reason why I was not because I agree with Arm, it was a salary dump, but I also didn't want to discount who the Brewers got in return because I kind of like Jensen junk a little bit. I kind of like him. Okay, Uh, He's got a good fastball. High spin. He's got a good fast hold, high spin. He's got okay. a good slider. And he had a 29% K rate, 6'4 ADRA. So there's that. But he's something. And I didn't think that it was just they got a bag of nothing burgers. And I just didn't want to disrespect Jensen Chunk because I do think that he could be something. And I do think that he's going to contribute. And it wasn't just a. And I also am not the biggest Hunter Renfro guy. I think it is a salary dump, but. I thought it was kind of smart what the Brewers did because I think Renfro coming over from Milwaukee where it's really easy to hit. I don't know if we're going to see that same power as he enters his thirties and that's kind of all you get from him. He's not that great of a defender. He doesn't hit for a high average. He doesn't walk that much. He's just kind of a power or nothing guy. And he throws the ball really hard from right field. So, Yes, Arm was right about salary dump, but at the same time, I wanted to go at him because it's November and this is all we got, right, Arm?
0: Of course, <laughs> I, I I do think junk can be. I, I do think junk's going to contribute in some way: middle relief, spot start, something. Spot like, starts.
1: Nice. Like I'm going to be on him on a bet, and like you're, I'm going to be like, we won that one on the. <laughs>
2: You're, yeah. gonna be on Junk. you're gonna be I, on can't, a, wait. I a can't wait. I can't wait. 27-year-old who had like a, a mid-four ZRA in Salt Lake this year. Listen, Jacob okay, DeGrom I became understand. good at 26. <laughs>
0: Michael Jordan didn't make his varsity team. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah Jack. you're right. You're right. But then MJ was dropping like 50 points on JV. Like people forget that part. Like he was the best JV basketball player the world has ever seen at that point. Um Jansen Junk Except is me. gonna be 27 years old. He had a mid-4 ZRA in Salt Lake. I know why you like him. Um, he had a sub-2 ERA and 12 starts in Somerset last year. Like, he was a good double-A pitcher in the New York Yankees system. I think it's funny that Junk and Elvis Peguero are in tandem each time they move. Uh, <laughs> Junk know. and Peguero went for Heaney and Cash last deadline, and now it's Junk, Peguero, and Seminaris going for Hunter Renfro. What, what if they, like, hate each other? They, they, they might get getting traded like, together, dude. Like, all I want to do is get away from Elvis Paguero. <laughs> and here we are. It's like, guess who's coming with, motherfucker? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it could be really interesting. But I like okay, you say you like Jansen Junk. My follow-up is do the Brewers have any shot of winning the NL Central if Jansen Junk is throwing a hundred innings for the Milwaukee Brewers? I say no. I say (laughs) this is a deal where the Angels got better. The Brewers are working more towards a rebuild than I think a lot of people were expecting at this point last year. I didn't see this rebuild coming whatsoever. I thought the Brewers' window of contention was opening. But then, all of a sudden, they they move hater. And I didn't hate the deal, but if you actually want to win for a couple years and you want your fan base to think that you want to win for a couple years you probably shouldn't move off Josh Hader. And now you're floating Colton Wong. And now you're moving Hunter Renfro. So you've got Yelich and a bunch of young pieces. My thought is, okay, if they're going to sell off some of those Arb 3 guys, Arb 2 guys, where they're going to make $10 million, and they suck this year, and suck is a relative term. Like, what if the Cubs are better? What if the Brewers finish third in the NL Central? Do you think about moving Corbin Burns? Do you think about moving Freddie Peralta? I have no idea what direction Milwaukee's going in right now with this move.
1: Well, I kind of do sort of because they are taking calls on Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. I know the Yankees have checked in on both of them, but the price being reported is extremely high. And for good reason, I don't think they're going to move those guys. I think that's one of those offseason rumors where if you're a general manager and you need starting pitching, you're like, well, I just saw the Brewers trade Renfro. I saw the Brewers trade Josh Hader. I wonder if they trade Corbin Burns. And then the Brewers say, yeah, we'll take Volpe, we'll take Aaron Judge, and we'll take your entire team. And then the Yankees hang up the phone because it ain't happening.
0: And it's
2: hard. It's hard to look at David Stern stepping down in a vacuum now. Like it's really hard because you see, okay, this stuff is going on. Was Stearns made aware that like, okay, time to blow it up, like time to save yep. a little bit of money. And Stearns or was not, like, or not, not even are blow they blow it blowing
0: up. it up? Are they blowing it up? I wouldn't say blow it up, but, but I think maybe even the writing on the wall of like, hey, we're not going any higher, right? We're not spending any more money. We actually need to get under this number. And you can try to find a way to win within those parameters, right? And I think Stern said. I don't know if I want to do that right now. Like, I don't know if I want to grind that hard to to build this back up again in different ways and reshuffle Just and try to, to try. get get to where you need to be. <laughs>
2: and and Stearns is at the point in his career where he doesn't need to say yes to doing that. He has already a better worked opportunity in the small elsewhere.
0: Market. When something comes up, he'll advise the Brewers. He doesn't need to wear all of this right now because I think there's some other moves potentially coming, and then he'll get a better opportunity somewhere else. But but what's most disappointing to me about it, I think, is. And we have to see what the Brewers ultimately do. Uh, but, you know, what's most disappointing if they don't, you know, make some additions or or do continue to make subtractions is this division. I mean, now's the time, right? I mean, the Cubs are going to get good in the next couple years. I think they're going to be better next year. They're going to be good in two years. The Cardinals are great. That's the one team. But like the Reds, they're going right to get now, good. They're going to be good in a few years. Yes. The Pirates. They're going to be good in a few years, but right now is the time. You could very easily be the second best team in the NL Central and expanded playoffs if you put your best foot forward. And I know the Brewers are building for sustainable success, and I get that. But you could get to the playoffs right now, and and, and I don't know if they're giving themselves the best shot to do so, but we'll we'll see. When you said the Pirates are going to get good, I saw Peter do his
2: little, like, side nod thing. It's like, (laughs) I don't know if the Pirates are going to get good, and to that I say – Again, just moved into a one bedroom in Indy. I can give you the futon. I need you to see the future of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you are going to be enthralled. You're going to realize that this is the best team in baseball in three years.
1: I, I hope, like <laughs> I, for example, like to Arm's point, like I was listening to um, your guys' stuff on the Cubs, the top ten prospects, which you guys should definitely go check out. The call up Arm and Jack just broke down the top ten prospects. Arm was interviewing Matt Mervis too ton of good stuff on the Cubs and they also just play GM like I'm very excited for the Cubs that's one where I kind of want to scoot back on because I was like where is this team going but now listen to you guys like I see where this team is going and then you check out the Cardinals and it's like they ain't going nowhere they're going to be good for a very long time when I look at the Brewers, I don't think that it's that dumb what they're doing. Like, I understand Brewers fans are probably like, like they don't understand the direction. And I get it, but they are offloading guys who aren't that good. Like they weren't gonna pay hater anyway. So that's that's not the best, but they did get a haul. And then on Renfro, like, I don't think Renfro's that good. And Colton Wong, like, where is he at in his career? So it's like
0: these moves do make sense. That's why I don't want to call this a rebuild. So- so Wong and Renfro tied for second on the team in F four last year. Mm-hmm. That might be more of an indictment on the team. Yeah, win five each,
1: right? Like, do you think they're that good?
0: Uh, so, no, but I, I, think two and a half win players are hard to are, are not that easy I, to find. You,
1: that's fair. That's
2: yeah. fair. So, so part of me is saying like, okay, I agree with you. Like, there are a lot better options than Hunter Renfro. But oh, then for I say- sure. I would love twenty nine bombs and an eight oh seven OPS and a four ninety slug in my. Well,
1: you're not going to get that. That's what I'm saying is like he's going to go from Milwaukee, where it's so easy to hit, and he gets to face the Reds and the Pirates every day, to go hitting in Anaheim, where it's a, it's a little bit harder to hit, and I think there's a little bit better pitching in that division. And like I don't think I know that with the divisions, it's also going to be scattered. You're not going to see the same schedule, but. I just don't see Hunter Renfro getting better. I only see him getting worse. Okay, so junk, kind of like
2: <laughs> how about a 501 slug and an eight sixteen OPS as a Red Sock in 2021? How about in 2018 he had an eight oh five OPS and a five oh four slug in San Diego? Like he's done it at multiple spots. I understand hitter-friendly in Fenway ballparks. is also easy to hit. I understand hitter-friendly ballpark in Boston and Milwaukee. But if Hunter Renfro is an 800 OPS guy, you got to value him like an 800 OPS guy. And in recent memory, he's been an 800 OPS guy.
1: Here's my thinking. I don't think moving forward he is should we talk about someone who actually has an 800 OPS? Who's actually a beast. And then he went to the Astros for three years, around $58 million. And is I'm leaving Jose Abreu. Show. I know too. Like, I, w- I really want to unpack your mind about this because like, like, are you just in shambles? I'm seeing white socks, Twitter in shambles over this because Jose Abreu won the MVP in 2020. He is yep. like <laughs> fair. No, not fair, but you know, well, it, it's fun to joke about, it. but, Jose Abreu has been one of the best first basemen in baseball now for a while, and it's he's a, almost a lock to be 30 and 100 RBIs every single year. He's a run producer, and he goes to an Astros team that the really only hole was first base I tweeted out I said well the 2023 season was fun because it appeared that even if the Astros lose Justin Verlander they have so many good young pitchers like I'm excited to see them possibly give Hunter Brown an opportunity in the rotation fully but they might not even need Hunter Brown they might trade Hunter Brown like as a troll because they don't need him that's how good the Astros are so the Astros signed Jose Abreu Jack I want to go to you how's it feel are you okay yeah, I'm okay. Can I pitch it to Aram to actually talk about the baseball and then I'll follow with the narrative? No, no, I want to hear the narrative first and then mm-hmm. Aram come in with the baseball after you to like kind of make you feel better or shit on you. I'm excited to find out. Yeah,
0: yeah no, go first, please. Seth. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm just kind of salivating right now. Me too. On, go I want to I want I yeah. just want to sit here and watch. Okay, op, so... Open up I really like deep down, like the I want to know how you feel. I picture him in that Astros uniform too. As, yes, as Jim Crane gives him a hug as they win their second straight World Series. White Sox yes. win 79 games next year.
2: Yeah. So I haven't felt much emotion in a positive or negative way in a couple of years. I think since Project okay. the plate launched, um <laughs> I've been I've been pretty just e- <laughs> I've been kind of a blank slate and and I just let shit hit me and I don't really react so um I saw that and I, I just put my phone away and I kept on doing whatever I was doing which was probably just staring at the brick wall behind me no um, way you did that no I, I wasn't in front of that brick wall when it happened but um wh- I was sad like Jose Abreu has been the best and the most important figure in White Sox baseball since Paul Canerco and Paul Canerco mm. was the guy that I grew up with. Um, there have been better players. Um, actually, I would say Brady won an MVP. Like, I don't think there's been a better player, but you know, you look at a guy that's a, a surefire Hall of Famer, like already in the Hall of Fame, like Jim Tomey. right? Tomey was here with Canerco. And was Tomei a better player than Canerco? Yeah, he was. But Paul Canerco was the captain of the White Sox. In this post-Canerco world, the captain of the White Sox has been Jose Abreu. A lot of that is because of how Cuban and how Latin this team is. Jose Abreu and Joan Mercado are from the same town in Cuba. Uh, Luis Robert is Cuban. Yasmani Grandal is Cuban. You think about the Latin influence on this team. um, They didn't have a guy that identifies with them. They had it with Rick Renteria, but then they fired him after the 2020 season, and they brought in Tony Larusa. Who's going to help coach this young, fun, talented Latin team? And the answer was kind of Jose Abreu. So he was an excellent player. He is an excellent player. He's 30 and 100 every year, like you're saying. But he was so much more to the White Sox than I think a lot of guys are to their team. He was actually the captain of the White Sox. And it's going to be really weird to see him in a different uniform. Now, having said that, and noting that I'm going to be really sad when I see Jose Abreu in that Astros jersey, and I think the Astros and White Sox open up against each other in the 2020 Love. season. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, opening day is going to be Dylan Cease against Jose Abreu in the first inning or second inning. Like, that's going to be insane. Um, For while it will make me sad, uh, it was time to move off of Jose Abreu because you were sacrificing so much elsewhere. You had Gavin Sheets playing the shittiest right field in baseball. You had Andrew Vaughn playing the shittiest outfield, not just left field, (laughs) playing the shittiest outfield.
0: And hurting himself.
2: And hurting himself several times. You've got Eloy Jimenez hurting himself while he tries to rob a home run that's 20 feet over the fence. He tears it back, and then they hang his jersey, and he goes to heaven. like that. That's what the White Sox were doing. They were putting a bunch of non-corner outfielders in corner outfield spots because they had the first baseman of their franchise. Now that guy's gone. So what's going to happen here? I think Eloy Jimenez can DH now when Andrew Vaughn's playing first, or maybe Gavin Sheets can, can DH when he's not you know, throwing up on himself in right field. I, I think that some good is going to come out of this. I think that there was, it, it was time to move off of that and get young blood at positions in which they are most comfortable. But to do that, you had to sacrifice your team captain and the face of the franchise for the last decade.
1: Arm, um, you know I mean, he—he's kind of right. Like if you think about it, getting Gavin Sheets some more ABs, um, moving Andrew Vaughn to first base, like the White Sox might be better next year <laughs> without Jose Abreu. Don't you kind of
0: agree? Like that's, yeah, there that, there is there is more good than bad out of this. That was going to be my next question. So I I. I... <laughs> I understand what Jack is saying because it they had to figure something out. And whether that was going to be, you know, trading Andrew Vaughn, trading Sheets, doing something else. I don't know, trading Eloy, but they'd be selling low. Uh they they would had to figure out something to, to, to lessen the log jam. Because everything that we made fun of, like made fun of for the Phillies doing defensively, the White Sox did that, but with worse offense. So it was like <laughs> At what point are you going to make a change here? And obviously, you know they made a competitive offer to Abreu. They would have found a way to make it work at the right price. But ultimately, the the Astros paid a lot of money here. So you let Abreu walk because if you're making the decision, it's not worth meeting that asking price for them because they still would have had things to figure out. I think it's very important to get Vaughn at first base. I think he's going to hit way better next year. I don't give a shit about Gavin Sheets, to be honest. Uh, I think Oscar Colas could leapfrog him by by early next season in terms of talent but I also understand you know being able to get him a little bit more comfortable and not as frequently in the outfield but my question is this Jack okay you just lost even though he didn't hit 30 home runs last year he had one of his best K to BB seasons and was one of the most consistent bat to ball seasons he's had and still hit the ball as hard as ever you lose that and you now have a wide open gap at second. You're hoping Gavin Sheets performs in right. You're hoping Eloy Jimenez performs in West left. You're hoping Luis Robert.
1: Like plays.
0: You're hoping Luis Robert and Jimenez play and yeah. make that leap. Uh Tim Anderson, <laughs> you know, is, is one of the few sure things. You're hoping Mancata bounces back. You don't really have a catcher um, because Grandal was one of the worst players in baseball last year. Like, how does this team improve? You just lost your best player and the rest of them are big question marks.
1: Yeah. How
2: did I say this team improves? (laughs) Yes. How? No, did I say that they improved? But
0: I didn't say you, I didn't say that you said that. I'm I'm asking you you because the job is to get your team better. And this is not a team that is rebuilding. If it is, they should have traded everybody. They're not. So is Romy Gonzalez playing second? I don't think they get better. Like that—that's
2: the thing. I think they put together a worse year this year. I. So what's the plan? I don't know what the plan is. I seriously have no idea what the plan is. Like they're going to run out the same exact roster. I. What are they going to do? They should burn it the hell down. Yeah, I kind of think so. I mean, what are you going to do right now? Luis Roberts, your center fielder. You're not going to make the move for Nimo. Like you're not going to pay that. Are you going to pay Conforto and have Sheets DH when Grandal can hardly fucking move anymore and you've got money tied up with him? Like, it it doesn't make much sense to me. There are too many holes. You mentioned they have no second baseman. Who's going to catch when Grandal's not catching? And Grandal has not proven that he can be on the field for 130 games a year, 140 games a year in recent years.
0: There are so many problems. So They got to make it straight. Make a trade. They go get Jake a McCarthy. Trade. You know how Time bad this team needs, needs a Jake, Jake McCarthy? McCarthy. Yeah, they need a Jake not? McCarthy.
2: They they do need somebody like that. Hell, go get Alec Thomas, whose dad was the strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox. Growing like, up, like,
0: r- I, respectfully, can you can you shut up about Gavin Sheets? <laughs> Me? Two, no, 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 Jack. <laughs> 241, 295, 411 slash line with the worst defense of all time.
2: I'm not saying like, he's sucks. good. It's a fucking problem. I don't <laughs> want Sheets in the
0: lineup. Okay. So th- then wh- why are we like, why are we saying, oh, well, now you can get him out of the outfield? Like, yeah, or you, you, because you can I'd get be him. S- shit, if Gavin Sheets is
2: going to be in the lineup, I'd rather he's not dropping balls in right. I'd rather he's at first okay. or DH. All right. That all has right. To be there. Let me just say, Hindsight's 2020, but but were we not, Aram, you and I had this conversation. Were we not begging the White Sox to trade Jose Abreu at the deadline? Yes. We were begging the White Sox to trade Jose Abreu at the deadline. It's the Manny Machado conversation. What's gonna happen? You're gonna piss off the fan base, but you can try and get something in return. Obviously, Baltimore got nothing for Machado, but they got something as opposed to just seeing him walk. Like that is so brutal. What do we get here? A draft pick? I mean, yeah. that is such a, a problem good for the White Sox. The White Sox were a, a World Series favorite. They were arguably the favorite to come out of the American League, not named the Astros in the preseason this past year. Turns out everybody's made of glass. Like There are so many fundamental problems with the Chicago White Sox. They can't fix it. I do think that it was the right move to let Abreu walk because Andrew Vaughn is one of the, the few sure things you have in the lineup and getting him back at first base should ease a lot of his mental stress on a daily basis. I like that. Everything else, I don't really like.
0: That's on just, you. And just to quickly
1: go over the Astros side, they got really good, and they're just—they're so, so good. Jeremy Pena at short, Bregman at third, Altuve at second. Then you put Jose Abreu in that infield. It's unbelievable.
0: That's gonna be one of the best. That that could be one of the best yeah. offenses if, if if everything clicks the way. And I know there's a lot of things that can happen, but if everything goes the way it possibly can, that could be one of the best offenses we've seen in in decades. Really the couldn't. World
1: Series champion who kind, didn't win it easily, but I mean they were pretty much in command for most of the series. Yeah, just added an MVP caliber type first baseman. Is he the same player he was two years ago, three years ago? Probably not, but. He's still gonna get his and he's gonna be a difference maker in that Astros lineup. Back to the White Sox. So you tell me that they aren't trying to get better. I kind of like the deal for Klevager at 12 million, one year deal. I don't mind it. And the only reason I don't mind it is because I think you're buying low right now, and he's shown flashes of being a good pitcher. Now, will he be a good pitcher? I don't know, but I think 12 million dollars is worth it to see. Um, so that's why like yeah, am I going to sit here and tell you, wow, what a signing? No. Am I going to say, when I saw the number, I thought to myself, I'd do That's that. High? No, I, well, it's, it's, no, I don't think it's, it's a bad deal to see if he is something because I think he still could be something. Would you rather re- have
0: Matt Boyd?
1: Yeah, at- exactly.
0: At, at $10 million or Clevenger at 12
1: That's why. It's like Matt Boyd, again, we can just keep going through these signings because it's not the most sexy signings in the world. Matt Boyd signed for $10 million uh, to the Detroit Tigers. Nice little reunion there. He threw um, 13
0: innings last year.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that. But if you're telling me I had to pay $2 million more for Mike Clevenger, I mean, Jack, that's objectively good. Subjectively good. Right?
0: <laughs> no. Say he just doesn't like Clevenger. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I don't like Clevenger. I also
2: think that Clevenger is, has lost more than a tick. Like Clevenger yeah. was, was sitting 95-3 last time he towed a rubber pre-Tommy John. He was 93-5 this year. Yeah. yeah, um, That's a problem. I think that, yes, he can build back up. We'll see how this offseason is. I know that he wears a lot of floral shorts during his bullpens, and, and maybe he's gearing up and he's throwing gas again. I don't know what kind of Mike Clevenger we're going to see. Um, I do think that it can work out well. I didn't like the 12 number, but now that Matt Boyd comes in at 10, I yeah. don't really mind the 12 number. I was thinking, right. oh my God, six or seven should be like six or seven is okay. 12 is egregious, but then Matt Boyd getting 10 is egregious. So
0: I'm like, it's the market, baby. Okay. like market. That's
2: the market. That's the market. Um, And I just, I hadn't really understood what the market was. And, and now I understand what the market is. And I'm okay with that number because what Syndergaard got 21 last year. Yeah,
1: I mean this is worth it. I think. arm, um, wouldn't you agree? This is objectively a good deal.
0: Matt Boyd put it in perspective. I mean, I, I I don't I don't love it, but like if that's what the going rate is, it's it's a good one year shot to take. Yeah, it's a good one year shot to take. It's not like he's the worst pitcher on planet Earth. Like he, he was decent, and he can he can be good. Uh, it's, it's worth the, the playoffs. playoffs. You're gonna you're gonna vomit at what Drew Rachinski gets when he comes over. I think Mike Clevenger um, led the Padres to the playoffs. Yeah, no, it he was didn't, all him.
2: No he, didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> no, he didn't. he He had a four three in a hundred and fourteen innings. I know that he wasn't
1: healthy at the beginning of the year. He was still
2: working his way back I from say, TJ.
1: Yeah, can I ask you one thing? If he gives you that exact production next year, is that worth twelve million? No. I think it might be. What's no, Matt Boyd can no. give you a four-seven and something out like that innings. No, I, he's I a lefty. Think, yeah, yeah but a lefty that's hand. a free win for the White Sox. It's the only guys they can hit, and he goes in their division. That's perfect. There's three wins right there for you, Jack. Yeah,
2: that works. Um, yeah, I I guess my thing is like you just need guys that eat innings. Like this team needed Johnny Cueto so badly in 2022 because he would just go out there and give them six or seven. And Clevenger is just the antithesis of that. You can't can't be promised five anytime he gets on the Hill. So that was my big issue with this. They needed dependability, and they got the opposite of dependability. Um, Now, it it is like taking best available in the draft. At that price point, you see the name Clevenger in a pool with guys like Matt Boyd. It's like, shit, I'm going to take the one that was great two years ago. So... (laughs) I, I think that is the good move. Um, I also just personally don't like Clevenger, like with, with the way he handled the teammate thing. Um, I, I don't care if he was, you know, like, vaxxed, unvaxxed, you know, doing the whole thing during that 2020 season, but the way that he tried to, like, almost gaslight his teammates and then he got caught, like, going out in Chicago, um, that wasn't a good teammate move. It was like a police act thing. That was not a good teammate move. So, um we'll see how good of a teammate he is. It's a really young staff. I would like positive influences on a guy like Dylan Cease and Michael Kopeck, but you're probably getting that with Lucas Giolito who's already been to hell and back and is in hell again in his career. Um, and then Lance Lynn has, you know, been around the block several times. So I would, I would like a bit higher character, bit more dependable guy. Um, the White Sox didn't get either of those things, but it's Mike Clevenger.
0: It's Mike Clevenger on. So, can we talk about the Diamondbacks being reportedly interested in Xander Bogarts? Yes.
1: Wait, before we get to the rumor mill, because I kind of want to end it with that, let's go over a few small moves. Pirates signed Carlos Santana. Nice little platoon there. They're going for um, it with G Man Choi. So, I get what you guys are saying, by the Pirates are going to be really good. Um, (laughs) Carlos Santana still walks. Uh, anything else on that? It's
0: the biggest signing they've made since what Daniel Hudson in 2015.
2: Yes. Uh, would you count the Cabrían Hayes extension?
0: No, free no. agent signing. Biggest free, free agent, agent signing that. they've made. Damn. Pretty bad. Getting better. All right. End of that segment. Dodgers
1: add Shelby Miller. Good he's at got, one point. He's
0: got good data. I'm telling you, he's got good data. He figured he something out. I Watch I, out. If he's healthy, watch out. I'm not even kidding. I agree. I'm he's not got kidding. The either. IVP fastball, road release point. Uh, it, it's it's taken off. Like they saw something. I agree. If he's healthy, totally he's going to be tough. Dude, I know. Shelby <laughs> Damn Miller, it.
2: Shelby Miller being 32 years old is mind numbing. I thought he was 40.
0: <laughs> it's been so around for a minute, man. Since, he was a dude. He was supposed to be a dude. He was a stud. But, he I was like 21. Up.
1: And if you remember, Shelby Miller traded for one shortstop that is also on the market, Tansby Swanson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Shelby Miller, um, expect him in the all-star game next year for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Nationals, they signed Jaime Candelario five years, or excuse me, one year, $5 million. Uh, he sucked last year, but like he's uh, he can play still. I think it's actually kind of a fine signing. I'm no, I, I, I like that one. Yeah. I like
0: I re- that
2: one. I'd rather have a bounce back audition at five million than 12 million for a pitcher.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No. no. Well, I mean, and yeah. and the, the cool thing for them is, you know, that their system kind of stinks. And kind of if Candelario performs, you trade him at the deadline and influx yeah. of prospects. I like it. Yeah, I agree too. And they, they also grab Stone Garrett. They also grabbed Stone Garrett. Stone Garrett. That's what Stone Garrett had a great to talk year about. last year and, and showed some good things in the big leagues, another good flyer to take. Nationals are cooking.
1: I like, I like um putting it into perspective that way. It's it's about getting these guys, hopefully they have a good first half, and then you can flip them for pro yep. prospects. Yep. I think it's a very good – that's kind of what I thought the Diamondbacks did last year with Melanston, but Melanston was just terrible, so they couldn't get anything for him. Uh, but they signed him to a two-year deal, which is actually kind of smart by the Diamondbacks. He's given another chance, right, guys? Well, You're it's a, flip another him. chance. All right. Uh, that is about it. Um, That's about all the moves that have happened. Um, anything relevant. Uh, so let's talk about some rumors. Um, and let's start with the Dumbbacks and Sander Bogart's arm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's a little bit, I, it, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but if they are truly interested, it's it's kind of a sign of the direction they're heading in. right. I think the Diamondbacks feel pretty good about where they're headed. Uh, I talked about them earlier as like my, I think the the surprise team for next year. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be as much of a surprise if they go get a Xander Bogarts, but it's it's kind of the one position offensively that they're really missing. You add Xander to the fold there, that is a good good team offensively. I, I think that'd be a really fun group if if the pitching can come together. That's a, that's a sneaky team. I just like to see the D backs being in you know buy mode or a little bit more aggressive. And I think the fact that they didn't trade Christian Walker, that they didn't trade basically anybody not named David Peralta or any like of those, you know, rental type veterans is a indication of what they're looking to do and what they're looking to build long term there in Arizona.
2: They're fun, man. That Like that is a fun roster. As of right now, the outfield configures um, Carol Varsho and McCarthy and the corners would be Christian Walker and Josh Rojas or Emmanuel Rivera and the middle infield, if they do go for Bogarts, would be Quetel Marte at second and Xander Bogarts up the middle. That's a great middle infield. Carson so- Kelly behind the dish. Yeah, man. And then you, you've got great pitch. Like, I love what they're doing pitching-wise. Madison Bumgarner, that sucks that he's still in that rotation, but he's got to be financially. But w- when you can run out a Gallon and a Merrill Kelly at the top, when you when you look at vets, obviously Kelly more vet than Gallon is, but Gallon is one of the star pitchers in this league. And then you've got young guys that you can con- continually audition in Ryan Nelson, in Dre Jameson, in Brandon Fott at the beginning of next year. I think they're in a really good position to succeed.
1: Another team that is interested in Xander Bogarts is the San Diego Padres, which I thought was kind of interesting um, because you also obviously have Fernando Tatis Jr. coming back um, from his PED suspension, but um, he will not be available opening day. And their thinking is that with Jerickson and Profar, um, he's a free agent now that if he possibly leaves, that possibly you can move around Ha-Seong Kim. I just saw that AJ Preller has made some noise about Xander Bogarts. Jack, you are shaking your head no.
2: Cut the dumbassery, A.J. Preller. I mean, you're already moving a shortstop in Fernando Tatis Jr. to the outfield to make room for another shortstop, Hassan Kim, who impressed in 2022. It's not like you can put Bogarts at third. Machado's there. It's not like you're going to put Bogarts at second. Cronenworth is there. Like, there, there is not much space for Xander Bogarts in the San Diego Padres' plans. I think A.J. Preller just wants to be on an on anybody because hey he's going to obliterate the farm and he's going to spend a shit ton of money like that's fun that's AJ classic AJ
0: classic
1: AJ so so the report says that they would possibly move Haseon Kim to second and and then Cronenworth to first
2: I think you're diminishing Cronenworth's value now I don't think they care but I think Cronenworth is a a good
1: middle infielder I agree with you Cronenworth at first is just like uh, it's uh, like what are we doing it's like when the Yankees it's like when the Yankees put DJ LeMahieu at first. It's like what are you doing?
0: Yeah, it's like now he's now he's an average offensive first baseman. Yeah. Um
1: another rumor that I thought was very telling. Um we talk about the Cardinals and their search for these big name free agents. John Moselock, in a telephone conversation. This is from Ken Rosenthal. He said Tommy Edman is a very very good shortstop now does that rule them out completely of signing a big time shortstop no but is that telling is that telling in the sense that they think that Tommy Edman will be their opening day shortstop next year you know it's hard to fully read in to these quotes from these guys in on December 1st second whatever day today is but that is something arm does that what does that do? It's
0: interesting. You? Um, yeah. I, I'm just surprised that they're, you know, even considering that. I think, you know, what you're going to get from Edmond offensively at shortstop, it, it's more, it's more of a second baseman's production, I would say. Uh, and he's an elite, elite defender at second. You know, maybe he's a pretty good defender, a good defender at short. I, I'm not in the business of diminishing the value of a guy at another position to try to stretch him out a bit more at shortstop when you can just go get a shortstop. Like we've been begging the Cardinals who have done a great job. Of course, John was one of the best in the business and has been for a long time, but like, like, stop getting cute with it. Just go, go every once in a while. It's okay to make the splash, make the splash, keep Tommy Edmund at second and go get a shortstop. I guess they don't, they don't want to block guys maybe. And that's always been kind of their prerogative, but you know, Mason Win's not going to be there for a year or two at least. I, you're you're not worried about blocking. I I wouldn't be worried about blocking guys. I, go get a shortstop.
2: He just spent the majority of the year in Double A though. Like he, he'll be in Triple to open the year, and he performed in Double A. That that's the other thing. And so they have, and they have Gorman. Maybe they feel like Wynn is. I mean, you're not giving up on Gorman yet. Right. Like you you nod your head like that. But, you know, if the Mariners have held out with his Kelnick experience, experience for this long experiment for this long, then then you're obviously going to hold out for half the time with Nolan Gorman. And we're not. Well, Gorman already showed
0: better things. Yeah. I mean, I I, I guess then then, then, save the money and and just hope that win can come up and contribute. Edmund plays well at second base. Like, I I don't know. I just I don't I don't I don't love that. I feel I like just, they can spend else.
1: Very, he said very, very good. Like you didn't have to add the second very, right? Yeah, you did add a second very. A second very. That's that's reading in between the lines. That's why yeah. I, yeah well, and if you
0: have Mason win at second, that's pretty electric. That was a pretty electric middle infield right there. But Walker you're diminishing coming up. his arm. You're dimin- 100 kill out the hundred miles an hour. the second base. To base. Yeah. He's gonna kill Goldie. He's gonna <laughs> throw him a hundred mile an hour fastball from thirty feet away and like murder him. <laughs> Uh, I guess there's a one one across the diamond, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do because they've set themselves up really nicely, but spend on something, spend on pitching, please. Yes. Great. There's so much money freed up now.
1: Yes. Speaking of a hundred mile an hour fastballs last rumor of the day, Jacob DeGrom, her Andy Martino of SNY, the Rays picking up the phone saying, what's up, Jacob DeGrom. How's it going? They are reportedly interested in adding Jacob deGrom, which I find very interesting. And Jack was the one who kind of loves this. Jack,
2: I'll I'll say my piece on this real quick. Um, Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor, put it best in a tweet. No state income tax. DeGrom is a a Florida boy, went to Stetson. um, And my thought is. The Rays don't pick up the phone on big ticket guys often. So when they do, I feel like there there's something to, you know, peek your ear in a little bit deeper and say, well, what are you saying to Jacob deGrom? So I think that there's some serious validity to that
0: arm. Um, do you think the Rays like his pitch data? And, you know, I think the data looks pretty good. Um yeah. Yeah. it's a pretty good fastball, pretty good slider. I think they like it. They're geniuses, man. They they really know what they're looking yeah. for and they really like DeGrom. I mean, that's just they're geniuses. <laughs> to know. Uh my mom knows that the pitch dad is good on DeGrom. Um no, I'll I'll say all I'll say on this is I agree. I mean, they're not one of those teams that like fakes the the rumor mill to, to you know, to kind of keep their relevancy alive and and put Up the facade that they're going to spend when they would called on Freeman. I think they were very serious about it, they just got priced out by the Dodgers. Um, he is from that area, I think he's from DeLand, not too far away. Um, it, it could make sense, uh, but I, I would really wonder what that would look like. Maybe he does a, a short term deal, a show me deal, and then hits free agency again after just dominating. I'm, I'm very curious to see what that structure would look like.
1: Imagine Jacob DeGrom making $50 million a year, and then the rest of the team makes $50 million a year. <laughs> I mean, so that'll do worth it for it. this episode. Uh, it's worth it. This That'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. Definitely make sure on JustBaseball.com. I'm going through our free agent tracker, which you guys definitely should check out. It's on our homepage. Every single deal that gets in is being written about on JustBaseball.com. Obviously, if you want to go check out some more Cubs content, Arm and Jack just did a bunch of that on the call-up. Tons of new stuff coming out here on just baseball.com as well as the just baseball show next week. We're we'll still playing general manager as well as in keeping you updated on
0: all the big moves that's happening during the MLB season. Ish so far. Anything else, boys? Pete Crow Armstrong interviews out as you're listening to this, so definitely check that out. Uh, one of the top prospects in baseball, very excited about that. And subscribe to the call up YouTube, uh, which we made a separate channel now, so we got both of those. It's a feature channel on just baseball's. YouTube, if you can't find it, we're going to do a live hitting breakdown with PCA as well, which I think should be pretty cool.
1: And Mets fans, um, sorry, I'm sure you remember PCA was traded for Javier Baez. And with that, thank you, everybody.